So where I I clicked so like I don't even know how to intro this movie. How do <laughs> yeah. you even? We stumbled out of the cave. <laughs> yeah. Um. A man. <laughs> a man. We, we were a boy. Oh, now and, we're a man. No, oh, is it? That's the. That's the. Or we were a different man, and now we're a different man. Sure. We, 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 it's about transformation, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Well, everybody, welcome to <laughs> another look. Forgive. We're, we're in shambles no, over here. This is the best, this is the best <laughs> intro. <laughs> um, I'm William. I'm Corey. And uh, we're here to talk about. Corey, what was your pick? I chose El Topo. Ooh. Alejandro Yodorowski. Yeah. That's. That's the way to say it. Uh, Western. A so-called acid Western? Acid Western, yeah. I've seen a couple. Which, this one feels more acidy than... um, (laughs) There were those two by Monty Hellman. um, Yeah, I've never seen those. The Shooting and Ride in the Whirlwind. Have you seen those? Yeah. They're cool. Yeah. They're like... uh, They're more like... They're not as crazy as this movie is, like, weird. Sure. They're definitely existential and, and like, minimal minimalist westerns, you know, doing different stuff. But, um, yeah, acid western. <clears throat> I think more of a movie like El Topo, for sure. And I'd like to say I never saw this movie before. This is your first look. It's my first look. Yeah, I was just breaking the rules a little bit. Yeah. Um, But um, I've seen The Holy Mountain. There's no rules. Yeah. We should should clarify. No rules, only right. One one time, we're just going to like have an episode and there's Mm going to be no movie. Oh. And they're going to be like, what? I'll be like, Corey, what was your pick? He was like, I didn't pick anything. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't watch anything. (laughs) That would Um, actually be interesting. Yeah, no. For real. Um, I'm curious. So you said you have seen The Holy Mountain. I saw Holy Mountain. I've seen his other, his first film, Fondo y Lee, mm-hmm. um, in film school. And that one's weird, too. They're all weird. Um, I haven't seen some of his other stuff. Mm-hmm. Santa Sangre or what was the one? A he, Dance of Reality. A Dance of Reality. There was another, Endless Poetry. Mm-hmm. Those seem like they're probably weird too like like does does this guy ever take a day off from like being weird you know like david lynch makes like a couple you know air quote normal movies i mean the straight story is a is a fine film you could show to your children mm-hmm. from david lynch which mm-hmm. is you know something that i think a lot of people are they're like really it's like yeah he mm-hmm. can the re- you know, the reason he makes things like that, like Eraserhead mm-hmm. or like Mahal and Drive <laughs> is because it interests him. He's not trying to be weird or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right about this. I don't know if this guy can make... Does he have <laughs> yeah. a straight story in him? I <laughs> <Yeah>. don't know. <laughs> um, he doesn't need chill. He's just all balls out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, this is kind of up in the air, sort of a last minute um, decision. And uh, I just fired away with it because I was like, let's, I want to see this. That's cool. Um, I guess uh, I'm curious, what did you think of his first film? Uh, you that The one you watched in film school. Like, yeah. Did, do, do you find a lot of 
like did that get you more excited to watch this and to explore more of his filmography yeah definitely um that was my first foray into his stuff and i'd heard of the holy mountain and i've heard of el topo um Mm-hmm. just really by name and i didn't hear of this one uh, uh fando e lee um but um weird black and white surrealist you know mm-hmm. piano on fire in the middle of the de- in the middle of the desert mm-hmm. you know bunch of weird symbology and all that stuff so it's like it's like oh man i love weird shit a lot of shocking images mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i'm sure there's some like some shocking stuff in it i don't remember it was a while back you know it was in 2013 at the latest Mm. you know so almost 10 years or whatever but but um it's like a brother and a sister you know wandering through the desert they meet some characters do you think this guy likes the desert do you think he enjoys sure for sure yeah um it's funny reading the wikipedia like synopsis Mm -hmm. for this because (laughs) you know they they call it an acid western art film right at the top Mm -hmm. and then it's characterized by its bizarre characters and occurrences use of maimed and dwarf performers Mm -hmm. and heavy uses of uh, christian symbolism and eastern philosophy and so it i don't know it kind of it's interesting how it phrases that because it's like it shows you both the ideas that it's he's trying to convey as a director, like the yeah. images and like kind of the internal motivations between what he puts together on screen. But also like it's interesting that they mention like the use of like maimed and dwarf performers. Mm-hmm. But like that is you think about it like, yeah, there is a lot of that in this movie that mm-hmm. like is there's a lot about this movie that makes me uncomfortable. Sure. I should I should start sure. out with. I had seen this before, and I definitely prefer the Holy Mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Holy Mountain has stronger a stronger sense about it. It's weirder, yeah. but it's like more confident too. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something about El Topo that also is like it feels kind of it's just rough mm-hmm. and kind of. Uh, kind of the edges aren't sanded off you know it's sure it's yeah it just feels really uh i don't know just like kind of gross yeah, um yeah. but there's a lot of context to that too so uh mm-hmm. in looking at all of this i'm like i was excited to watch it again because i was like i don't really remember like how this feels and then yeah. it starts and i'm like oh shit like this is this is heavy like there's yeah. a lot to this yeah and the like, the vibe you get from it is just like uh, it's it's spectacular and it's also like kind of offensive. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. It, it's provocative. It pushes oh, your yeah. buttons. Um, yeah. And you, I remember you were talking before we started recording mm-hmm. about uh, its status as a midnight movie first. Kind yeah, of. Yeah. 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 That was um, something that I found pretty interesting because um, I didn't know that about the movie. Um, and it was from 1970, and. Um, the the synopsis on the back of the dvd you know was like this kicked off the midnight movie craze in america mm-hmm. and i was like what and um you know we think of Eraserhead mm-hmm. doing that and that that was 78 mm-hmm. so it was like a couple of years later for sure um and i was i did a little bit of research 
like that other episode of our podcast where I read Corey that doing one article. research. This is crazy. I read some. <laughs> I, I dug a little bit into some Wikipedia histories of the Midnight Movie, and I read an essay written by someone who I forget <laughs> um, from a couple of years ago. Good, good on that person for writing. <laughs> yeah, it. thank you. Um, so, um, <laughs> but we put in a random name there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dave Davis. Dave Davis. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it's cool tracing, like, the Midnight Movie back, because, like, I guess even in the 30s, there was, like, Freaks, Todd Browning's Freaks, mm-hmm. would play, like, late at night on the television. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, like, the start of, you know, Midnight Movies or whatever, stuff that's, like, playing later that's maybe you know not right for the afternoon crowd yeah um and then like the 50s then saw um the vampira show Mm -hmm. you know and all the horror hosts of that time yeah Yeah, so many movies spinoffs of Mm -hmm. that type of thing yeah yeah and then um you know so that's kind of like the proto midnight movie stuff happening on tv and then I guess with, um, uh, oh, the Elgin Theater in New York mm. is like the place that started the midnight movie. Quote it's unquote, pretty infamous, know? right? It was yeah. like kind of a rough place to be. And it like showed a lot of softcore stuff too. And... Yeah, that was a little bit later, mm-hmm. I think, after like they made, um, I was reading a different movie is like the inaugural midnight movie. I forget the name of it. It's I could click and read it, but I'm not going to do that. Don't um, you dare. <laughs> I will not. But then after that movie, um El Topo was like the one that they started showing mm-hmm. like later at midnight, you know, yeah. just to just to like do it, I guess. And it had an incredible run. Like it sold out for like months that it showed, you know, and I think it it showed for like over a year or something or a little more. Um, So that's just like an interesting pinpoint in, um, in the history, you know, also like the counterculture and whatever. Um, See that word coming up a lot with this movie. Um, But yeah, then, you know, so that other stuff happens afterwards in the history of the Elgin Theater. It changes or whatever um, names and owners and they're showing other stuff. And mm-hmm. it's now like a dance theater or something. Yeah. The Joyce. I don't know. That That's that's fascinating. Um, I appreciate the info um, and, yeah, and kind of leading us through that. Because, I don't know, thinking so cool. about the idea of a midnight movie, you know, it starts like you're saying like with television and like you know your parents being like all right you can stay up and watch the horror movie like my dad talks about how his parents like when they would let him when you know Mm. he was allowed to stay up well and watch you know something like house on haunted hill Mm -hmm. or something like Mm -hmm. that like like it was a big deal and it was something that like felt i don't know a little transgressive a little bit exciting or dangerous because it's not right and programming you know tends to bring that out you know it's like when you Mm -hmm. program something at a certain time yeah there's 
I don't know, there's there's a connotation with that, some sort of context or mm-hmm. like that makes sense. Like why why is TCM showing that at two in the morning? Oh, I know why, because it mm-hmm. has all of this in it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always exciting. Um, thinking about how my mom, she like watched House on Haunted Hill on TV and she Whoa. said it scared her shitless. And she went over to her friend's house who lived on the same block who was also watching Whoa. it. That's awesome. And you think about how television connected everybody yeah. back then. Yeah. And like this, think about like all the kids who went to school the next day, like who the parents are like, I got to stay up and yeah. watch House on a Deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then, I need my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting too, thinking of the theater being a place to go, um, you know, like where you dress up and it's mm-hmm. like an event. And then television is bringing the theater into our homes so we like don't have to go out, you mm-hmm. know. But then the cycle continuing back to the theater, or, you know, the theater is never going to go away, I don't think, just because of the like, it's so different from seeing something at home unless you have a great TV and even, sound system. Even you know? a great TV, like, like, you know, I have a great TV. Mm-hmm. I, it's not the same. It's not. Yeah. It's really not. And and I and I will say that for every you know, mm-hmm. give me the best 4K disc in the world. It's not the same. Yeah, I love the theater. Mm-hmm. But then, but then, right to get, you know, into the subculture of then the midnight movie, like coming back to the theater, right? Or you know, just how we're like we're going out, we're staying in, we're going out. If things are streaming now, we don't have to go. You know, same day something's in the theater, it's on the internet. You know, go just watch it. <laughs> on your phone in right. the bathroom you know like but there's something interesting to like going out to experience something with an audience especially something mm-hmm. like with a midnight showing oh yeah you know because energy right the, the energy the excitement the sometimes like if you see something like in repertory like it's like some people have seen it some people haven't so mm-hmm. it's kind of like mm-hmm. oh like these people don't know what they're in for kind of a thing and it like yeah. other people are excited about people experiencing it for the first time mm-hmm. and the people who have seen it a hundred times are excited to see it again in a room yeah. full of people yeah um there's so much of that kind of tied into the midnight experience especially mm-hmm. because midnight uh, releases for new movies are dying out you know, like that's, yeah, that's right. That's that's a whole other part of, yeah, like the blockbuster midnight movie. Because you think about how uh, I recently saw the Mario movie at midnight, and <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that must have been a legal thing because they usually the night before they have a screening like the night before at like seven and then yeah. eight. And some movies now like like Guardians of the Galaxy comes out today mm-hmm. or it came out yet Thursday Thursday. Yeah, but it's their screenings were allowed to start at like 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. So you can't see it before then, but 3 p.m. Thursday is when it starts. Yeah. And so those are considered preview screenings or advanced mm-hmm. screenings, but mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the movie's out. Is that yeah. it it doesn't feel like when you go at a midnight release, like it starts at 12.01 because you literally can't show it yeah. before Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Which is how the Mario movie was. And that's how most midnight releases yeah. were for a long time. If you went to the new Batman or mm-hmm. you went to, you know, it was a midnight thing yeah. and everybody got in line. It's kind of like if you go, if you went to GameStop or like a, yeah. like a video game release and everybody was lined up and they're all hyped to get their copy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, it, it's the community is like yeah. the thing that brings together midnight releases. The first minute of this day, I'm going to see this <laughs> new movie for the I, first time. <laughs> I'm lined up like, you know, seeing it at seven 
on a Thursday night is fine. Like that yeah. is literally for a lot of movies the first time you're able to see it. So mm-hmm. it, the excitement is, you know, if you go see Star Wars and I saw Force Awakens, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Thursday night, mm-hmm. seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. That was the hype was just as big as if it would have been a 1201 screening. But the difference between seven and midnight is kind of a vast difference. Oh yeah. You know, there were kids all around me, you know, the Mm -hmm. kids might've been at the force awakens for a midnight show, but a lot of parents would have been like, no, we're going to go the next day. Yeah. So it's the crowd is different. Mm -hmm. So it's all the freaks. Exactly. And so we go back to El Topo Mm -hmm. and Eraserhead. Um, and you recognize that it is a the time slot, the the nighttime viewing yep. experience mm-hmm. that for is for all the heathens and the, the, the <laughs> fucked up idiots who want to watch yeah. something like this, right? Um, I saw this really good video on YouTube of uh, people walking out of a racer head for the first time. I've seen that, and there the, a lot of people are like, I don't know, yeah, fucking stupid movie, yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's funny how. You know, we think of Eraserhead as this classic, mm-hmm. not only a classic midnight film, yeah. which, you know, it was very much like created that type of subculture and, mm-hmm. you know, just going out and like, what does it mean? And like, look at how yeah. fucked up this is. Yeah. All those kind of parameters. But it also like that movie's now in the Criterion Collection and is esteemed mm-hmm. in a way that I bet a lot of people who are seeing it that night yeah. probably were like, oh, that was weird. But like, yeah who cares you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so it's interesting to think about el topo in the same way you know this is a movie that started as a cult thing for for the freaks and the weirdos yeah. and now you know is very much accepted in art spaces and you know it, in that that sort of way too. yeah and i guess it was like unseeable for like a long time because of mm, that um, helps because of the uh the uh, I forget his name, but Alan Keith or something, the like Beatles manager mm. bought the rights or something. Yeah, didn't the didn't like John Lennon love this movie? Yeah, and apparently he helped fund the Holy Mountain. Fucking um, fucking crazy. And wow. um But yeah, I guess that guy like wouldn't allow it to be shown anywhere for like a while. Like I would, you know, again, in the, in my digging of some information about this, like it didn't come back to like DVD until like 2006 or something. Mm. I mean, that must have, there had to be a time before then where it was like screening somewhere, you know, but, but to think is like from the, from 1970, you know, maybe to like 73 or something. And then it's just like gone for 20 plus years you know like you just you know about it but you can only see it on like japanese laser discs or you know yeah, right like it, that makes me think about like the conditions in which people were seeing it and how that adds to the mystique of the movie mm-hmm. um i love the idea that movies kind of carry a life force oh, i sure. kind of feel i don't know it's probably deeply pretentious but like <laughs> you watch like something like the exorcist like my dad like watched it once in the theater and he mm-hmm. said it scared him shitless. And mm-hmm. he was like, I don't like the vibe. Like, I think it's an evil vibe. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> like, is. you know, the fact that like a movie can affect someone so much 
that mm-hmm. like you know it kind of carries a mystique about it oh, or sort sure. of a, an aura almost yeah definitely. Um, but like and if it's not available especially in like oh, pre-home yeah. video days where it's like totally. you can't just go to the the blockbuster or the mom and pop shop and rent it mm-hmm. uh like what does that contribute to how people talk about it like oh mm-hmm. have you seen this and then it's like it's a vhs that they like copied from something yeah. and it like it, it's like a second generation tape so it totally. looks terrible yeah. but it is the movie and yeah. they're like it's like el topo is written on like, it. dude you know, we get to see it mo- finally movies were passed around in that way like mm-hmm. for a long time famous horror films like director's cuts mm. and stuff were like at horror conventions for like two hundred dollars, and now you know Scream Factory is like, oh, the director's cut of that, yeah, we'll put it out in a nice spiffy yeah. edition for thirty bucks. You know, yeah. it's like nothing. Um, so in a lot of ways, the accessibility of mm-hmm. not only the internet but uh, I guess the collective community of boutiques mm-hmm. and and all that that want to put out these movies and cult films, uh, it's making it more accessible, but it's also kind of changing how we look at them i think Mm, yeah yeah that is true yeah the like you're saying the mystique Mm -hmm. um because yeah you can just just buy any old movie i remember watching horror express on youtube dude and that's a cool movie like not great but i was like you know not great quality Mm -hmm. but i was glad to see it right and then like a month later um you know there's like an arrow blu-ray Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to buy this and watch it in, like, the best quality possible after I just watched it in, like, 240p or something, you know? <laughs> well, it, it makes me think about how a lot of movies, I'm watching them on, like, a 4K disc in on my nice TV, and I'm like, fuck, like, would anyone who, like, made this movie, did they even think that it would mm. be like this? Like, yeah, I have... Yeah. Uh, I have copies of Madman and Night Beast on like yeah. nice Blu-ray editions, and it's like, yeah. did the people like who made this movie and like were they ever thinking about mm-hmm. like long term as to like what its audience would be yeah. and now how people care about it so much that it's lovingly restored to a mm-hmm. place that honestly it, a lot of those films it might look better than it originally did in theaters, yeah. um, considering you know, how many prints they made, what kind of facilities they used to process the prints, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes you think, especially in El Topo's case, like, yeah, like, wow, I can just like order a, like an arrow Blu-ray of this. Yeah. Now it feels like something you should get on a VHS tape mm-hmm. from like your cousin. They're like, this is fucked up. Yeah, you should yeah. watch it. Keeps it in the trunk of his car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It opens the, the back trunk. All right. I got El Topo. <laughs> yeah. I got from beyond. <laughs> I got Eraserhead. You know, just Dude. movies. Love it. Um, but I guess getting into El Topo, yeah, that it now it is accessible. There's a conversation about like, yeah, it's fucked up. But what exactly does that mean? Like, like mm-hmm. it, it. It's not only is it a midnight movie that like has some weird shit going on, and you can trip to it. Yeah. But like, what does it give me in terms of it? It's just a genuine experience because now people yeah. are watching it from both lanes, from like the art world yeah. and like the midnight world, yeah. and how those coalesce too. You know, it's not like it's binary. It's yeah. you know, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to start off with a disclaimer about how this movie has. Uh, I was reading about it, yeah. 
has a pretty controversial element to it, which is there is a rape scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Alejandro uh, Jodorowsky, right? Yep. He went on record essentially saying around the time of the release that he like really raped her in the oh scene. Oh my God. Um, and the, the quote is phrased weirdly, um, almost as to kind of, I don't know, the way you mm. read it, it can almost be read like metaphorically, but the way he says it, it says, I really raped her. Hmm. Um, so this went, this has been kind of around the movie for a while. Okay, yeah, I didn't know. You know, like literally I didn't either until I was researching this mm-hmm. and, and which is a problem in and of itself, right? Sure. That, you know, a lot of these movies, it's just like. We'll ignore the the baggage of what this has, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's so acclaimed or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or it's just a different time, right? Yeah. Um, but the you know the, essentially the full quote goes into detail about how like they were just went out into the desert and they were going to do this scene and they were going to do it like for real, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. authentic, you know, real yeah. artist type yeah. stuff. We right? show it. Yeah, I know. It's just like. It's unsettling. And then, it, so the film, in like around 2019, it was rejected from a retrospective due to this. Oh, wow. And he came out and said, this is like problematic. Uh, I understand. I was, you know, kind of just saying like, you know, he was sensationalizing it is what he said. Okay, sure. And, yeah. but then he said, you know, it, it, it makes sense that people are mad because like I'm using, a, you know, a woman's violation as like a, a a thrill yeah you know um so there's a lot to this that i feel like people should know about if they have never seen it yeah that it can it gets icky and 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 that scene in particular it kind of has a you know there's a real stain about it i think Mm -hmm. um and the movie as a whole like we were talking about a lot of the animal stuff yeah yeah which is another kind of uh i guess a routine thing with midnight movies um yeah. i don't know if it you've can, noticed that yeah it can cross the boundaries no matter where they are yeah pretty much mm-hmm. and yeah i was thinking at first when you said that he said that um that like maybe he's just trying to generate more buzz about it and be like holy shit you know he's definitely that type of director like yeah, you know yeah. he but i also i've never heard from I've never, I haven't seen anything about from the woman, from the actress. Yeah. So I don't really know what, you know, I would like to hear her side of the story. I don't know if she's ever spoken about it. So. And it's interesting in the movie too, because that uh, character, he like saves her like from, well, she's like, she's part of this like gang or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they, they uh, report to the colonel Mm -hmm. um you know and his minions are like trying to get on her and then she's like the colonel will kill you if you fuck with me and then they're like oh damn yeah and then he goes she goes in and helps the colonel like get all dressed and then when they come out he just throws her to those guys anyway yeah and then and then el topo's there and he saves the day and she goes with him and then later he just assaults her she gets assaulted anyway yeah you know so it's like it's interesting because of like you know his rage or something and the character in the moment and like you know yeah i mean i 
I'm, trying to push the envelope of like you know sure. Sam Peckinpah or whatever. Like, I, uh, you know, I I feel like a lot of people take a very like no stance to uh, rape being portrayed in films, mm-hmm. which I completely understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not someone that's like you know you can show whatever you want, like you can, but. There needs to be yeah. there needs to be con- context and there needs to be a reason. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm like I'm the same thing with sex scenes. I feel like mm. sex scenes, if you have a reason to put it in there, like do it. If you don't have a reason, that's fine too. But be prepared that some people are just not going to want that. Yeah, are not going to care. Yeah. You know, like I that that's kind of the main, uh, I think, point behind this is that there is a lot of sexual violence in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's up to the audience member, really, if they find it to be of a pivotal element to right. like this quest of transcendence and redemption that this mm-hmm. that this uh, main character finds himself on. Yeah. Um, with that added real life context, just makes it all the more like. Uh, yeah. You know. I read the in that essay I was reading. There was a quote dropped in there from Yodorowsky that says. Um, most people make a movie with their eyes. I make a film with my testicles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's, so... a, he's a juvenile filmmaker for sure. <laughs> I, I think people who look at him as like an equal to Lynch or like Bunnell. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I don't know how, you know, cause like those directors in many ways, I find them sometimes they can be a little juvenile though they like yeah. they're provocative they're poking Definitely. you can't watch blue velvet like and the the initial scene with dennis hopper and yeah. rosalini and you're not not like whoa like yeah. that's the whole point that yeah. You, you, yeah they want to see the reaction they want to feel it they're mm-hmm. playing you like the fiddle right yep. uh but there's also you know the audience has a conversation too mm-hmm. at the end mm-hmm. of the day so uh, when you're watching this and like if you find yourself uncomfortable and not just in the way that the movie wants you to feel, but also like, I don't know if that was done to like the standards. Yeah. it You know, this is also a film made in Mexico in 1970. So yeah. there is, of course, talking about when it was made and yeah. that conversation mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Cultures and exactly times. Like all the animal, all the stuff. animal stuff. Like yeah. I don't know how many animals were killed for this movie, but probably a decent amount. <laughs> probably some. Um, like, yeah. For real. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's... Like all the donkeys and that initial scene, that wide shot with like the, the river yeah. of blood. Yeah. There's a lot of that that like, oh, you know, probably could have gotten it from a slaughterhouse yeah. or... You know, sick animals in the farms surrounding the area. Yeah. I'm not, like, here to, like, poke and, like, prod. But at the same time, it is, like, there's a lot of unsettling images in it. It's weird, like, thinking of all the dead bodies that we see. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, man, there was a massacre here. You know, like, but I don't think they really killed those people and they're really dead. Right. You know, like, human life is more you know human life is uh, better than an animal's life or whatever so we can just kill an animal on screen you know mm-hmm. is like the the feeling that i get from that where it's like it's like dude imagine you're just like a chicken and you're like just roaming around and then like you just get killed in front of like a whole movie crew mm-hmm. and you have no idea 
about what movies are uh, about even yeah. how to fathom mm-hmm. like your role the the role of your death and like how like what the you know the crew ends up using the yeah. chicken for right i get like you know we eat animals and stuff but like cooking shows when they like you know it's like the drama is about the people cooking or whatever you mm-hmm. know and it's like their storylines and we want to see them succeed and and do well or whatever but like and it's happy and fun you know and gordon ramsay is there or whatever <laughs> and then it's like it's like yeah but this lobster like in the middle of it or right at the beginning like got boiled alive and they don't have eyelids mm-hmm. so they can't shield their eyes from the boiling water yeah um and i guess they scream too when you like boil them damn so it's like it's entertainment you know Mm -hmm. to like just snuff out a life you know Mm -hmm. um the part with like all the rabbits i was thinking those dead rabbits are probably props yeah or i was like they could build that i didn't think that about the the donkeys and maybe i wasn't like seeing them or i was like oh they're they're just sleeping or i mean the the the, maybe you could they're like cut open so and like their intestines are there so i'm just like i literally have i was looking at them i'm like those look so real like it looks so real yeah and considering the time this was made yep the adventurous often provocative tendencies of a director like yodorowsky Mm -hmm. i have to assume that some liberties were taken with the animals probably cheaper to get a corpse and cut it up than to like make one exactly except for those rabbits i feel like you could make some lumpy fur and kind of bury it in the sand a little bit Mm -hmm. so it just is like lumps right you know for sure but um there's this like owl at one point that's just like you know its wings are like stapled to this desk or something and it's just hanging there like a christ kind of figure Mm -hmm. and i noticed that during the scene and i couldn't help like just looking at it Mm -hmm. it was kind of distracting even though it's like off to the side in the frame but yeah it's shocking i'm like maybe it was already dead i hope you Mm -hmm. know that they didn't just kill it for this movie you know but yeah i mean i'm sure there is like in talking about yeah for sure like and and that's like yeah i mean the the rape thing is fucking harrowing too yeah but in the movie it feels like acting you know now hearing that you know quote it's like oh my god that's the thing about movies it's like you know the way that they can be constructed and they bring you know we just think everything's make-believe but you know uh that's why uh um, you know, coordinators now, like intimacy coordinators on set mm, are so mm-hmm, important mm-hmm. because if someone's uncomfortable or they find the scene to be, uh, you know, not being done in the way that they want it to be done, yeah. there's someone there that can vouch for them and hear them and mm-hmm. not just be like the director being like, all right, whatever, we're going to yeah, do this. Yeah, you know, you, off. you think about like uh, Last Tango in Paris, which, mm-hmm. you know, is infamous for, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, Marlon Brando just, you know, and uh Bertolucci just being like let's just fucking do it yeah. you know and it's yeah. like it's it's uh ego and it's artistry over safety and yeah. you know regarding women as human beings oh my god um but um you know i don't want this entire conversation to be like this movie's problematic now it, yeah because at the same time there is a reason why it 
is the midnight movie that it is Mm -hmm. and like why it had a hold on so many people yeah um and i think it's still worth watching it's just you have to consider the context and you have yeah i most movies have this where it's like you know you can point out a crew member or something that Mm -hmm. you know someone did this or someone did that or Mm. this is wrong and you can find that in essentially anything but then there are like directors is awful yeah uh but then you find you know movies like this where it's very blatant and obvious and sometimes it rubs you know it rubs you the wrong way what about like cannibal holocaust dude great movie but a pretty an, an evil one yeah <laughs> um i mean the release i, I think every release on the blu-rays on mm-hmm. have uh, uh an either an animal f- cruelty free cut or mm-hmm. the cut that the movie is yeah um, so you can choose you can choose Bec- which this movie couldn't have that because the, it's so intertwined with the narrative the thing yeah. about Ant- cannibal holocaust Spoilers for anybody who hasn't mm-hmm. seen this. Uh, there's just a few select scenes where they just fucking kill animals on camera. Yeah, uh, it's a snake, I believe, uh, like a like a like a gecko or like some sort of like lizard, mm-hmm. um, and a turtle. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm I'm there might be another one. I'm not unsure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's horrible. It's just the worst thing ever. And you, you know, you think about like, well, like. It's just like, what am I going to do about it? You know, the yeah. turtle's dead. Yeah. Like, you know, the, like, but I also, uh, I also like understand why people don't want to ever look at that and want to support that. Yeah. But also the movie, that's part of the movie, you know? Yeah. For me, it's like censorship. Like I'm ready to grapple with what's wrong. Yeah. And I'm ready to take that into account mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rather than be like, okay, edited version you know if i'm i don't listen to edited version of rap or whatever you know i don't listen to you know i don't like censorship in general yeah um we should be on the hook for like figuring it out ourselves right right and and i think i think often people don't want to deal with the fucking awful shit that sometimes comes up in movies and and a lot of the terrible things that the movie business has put on screen for our entertainment. Um, You know, Cannibal Holocaust was also a very provocative movie. Like they acted like the, the actors were really dead and they had to show up in court because people believed it. You know, Mm -hmm. that, that movie is Mm -hmm. fucking ruthless. And I do think it is somewhat of a masterpiece in a lot of ways. Um, But it also, it has this darkness to it. Yeah. The darkness of like, we're going to go into the jungle and we're going to fuck with all these native people and film yeah. them. Mm-hmm, and we're mm-hmm. going to, you know, like a lot of that, you know, just. It's sensitive. It's insensitive to indigenous communities. It's insensitive to, you know, just like it's nihilistic film, really. Mm-hmm, it, it, mm-hmm. But in in its quest to like show a lot of that, it becomes like this really just disturbing. Uh, I don't know sound and images just yeah. scary and gnarly mm-hmm. and like i'm always shocked when i watch it mm-hmm. it's you know that's not nothing yeah um as much as a lot of it is for ways that i find irredeemable and offensive and like hunting in general too like i'm not a hunter you mm-hmm. know but i often think about what is what's the apocalypse gonna be like you know like will i have to survive on 
you know, like an animal doesn't care about killing another animal to eat, mm-hmm. you know, but then it's like, that's not murder. Like what can happen in a film on screen? Because like, we want to see some shocking shit or whatever, you know, right. if there's maybe some responsibility to be like, okay, we killed this animal, but we're going to like eat it now or something, mm-hmm. or, you know, it's, it's meant for another purpose, not just the grizzly act, you right. know, like, so with hunting, it's like, and I mean, there's the same thing where it's like, you can have people that just like kill for the sport, which is like stupid. Cause what's a gun to a fucking deer, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but then if you're, you know, if you're using, you know, all of the parts of it, or you're going to like, eat it then you know so maybe it's a sport but also like you're gonna use the bones for some stuff you know you're gonna save all the meat and then like feed your family with it you know Mm -hmm. then it's like and then that's not on camera you know so Mm -hmm. then it's like is that worse is it better like i feel like it's better if you're gonna use the carcass and stuff you know and you're not killing it just to like feel the power of you know, being better than an animal. Right. Like, like not thinking of it as a trophy, but thinking of it as a ritual kind Mm -hmm. of, Mm -hmm. um, I had a lot of friends who hunted, like I, my family never did any of that. So I was like, you know, they would get to leave Thursday on like on the weekend of opening, opening season or whatever. And I'm like, well, I have to be in school for two more days. Well, like three of my friends are out, you know, in the Mm -hmm. woods chilling out. Um, but a lot of them would like they would eat it like yeah for months on end. You know mm-hmm. they they were very uh, strict about how they put everything together and yeah. and use the use the corpse and all that. Yeah. I'm sorry for podcast listeners who yeah. were talking about animal <laughs> cruelty and the nature of like killing animals here. Yeah. Um, but I mean that's what the thoughts were when mm-hmm. we were watching El Topo, and it was kind of our initial thoughts when we were done with it. Definitely, yeah. Which is, I guess we can bring it to a broader sense not just talking about the animals and not just talking about uh the you know the assault on screen but also Mm -hmm. talking about like what does this movie want to do when it shows us these images you know that's kind of a big thing for me when i watch something i need to feel not only intent yeah but a like an intent that's productive you know and the movie can Mm. do all it wants but if it's not going to give me something that's going to contribute to a larger idea, yeah. like why would I want to watch it? You know, like mm-hmm. so many blockbusters, they can give you all the spectacle in the world, but if it's not giving me something that adds up yeah. to something when I walk out, yeah. like what's the point? Mm-hmm. The, I think this one is not, it's not quite there, but there is like every scene, there's a mm-hmm. meaningful idea, oh, yeah. a shocking image, uh, moments of just like like i don't know harrowing beauty and like i don't know stuff that yeah. gives me chills like mm-hmm. like when the mm-hmm. when the uh the kind of the group of people who live in the cave yeah um you know they're all kind of disformed they said because of the incest because they mm-hmm. they've just lived down there i don't know how long they were down there yeah for a long time mm-hmm. um and they emerge and then they walk to the civilization Mm-hmm. Um, which we have already established, uh, Yodorowsky has already established that they're fucking idiots and terrible people. Yeah. Um, these, uh, you know, these people of, uh, you know, 
they're missing limbs and they're they're they're, they're they need help mm-hmm. they need yeah. they need a new space to live they finally are in the sun and there's this beautiful moment where they like exit and they're looking around mm-hmm. and they're so overwhelmed it looks like they don't even like get it you know yeah uh but then they they walk into the civilization and they're just shot down yeah they they are todd browning's freaks yeah to the mm-hmm. upper class people in the city right and it it's an obvious moment but like it hits really hard yeah uh, i found it to be really overwhelming in the moment watching it mm-hmm. um and guns too like yeah you know so much gun stuff right in america mm-hmm. for a long time but it's ramping up like it feels like Every day there's like another, oh, this kid was killed in his front yard or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like these people were shot, you know, some people shot a bunch of people over here. Like, you know, it's getting tougher for me to like have fun in like an action movie, you know, so mm-hmm. like John Wick, you know, yeah, the like the second one I remember. And, you know, this was some years ago, but still very recent just feeling like like i'm not into guns or you know it's too many guns yeah, too many guns I know. it is gung fu it, like like that's yeah. what it is yeah and like i i know i'm going into watching a gun movie right but i think this is kind of a different topic than like the the sickening nature of like the way society and some people are just fucked but like with john wick 2 i was a little bit like just like bored of guns yeah you it, know, it desensitized in a way yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i think you know even though with el topo in this scene i also felt kind of desensitized to it like mm-hmm. i wasn't like shocked that it was happening but i was like god damn it fucking people killing people like senselessly yeah. you know like oh my god it's just like fucking stupid but i think that entire section like there's also the scene where uh they are passing the gun around in church and they're doing the russian roulette yeah and they're they're thanking god every time uh Mm -hmm. they uh aren't blown into head Mm because they're like they're trading the gun around putting it Mm -hmm. up to their own head pulling the trigger the bullet's a blanket first right and that's the thing so this is, there's this connection between like religion and like I don't know the mis the 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 veneer of like civilization like like mm-hmm. acting like we are better than everyone else mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the when what we do matters it's not random chance it's not just a mm-hmm. blank in the gun when mm-hmm. I pull the trigger to the gun in my head that means. I was saved by God, right? Yeah, yeah, because we put a real bullet in it. Mm-hmm. So, but then when the priest is just like, it's not real. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. th- there's just like this moment of like, well, f- why the fuck are you even doing this? Yeah, thing? You yeah, know, because yeah, it, yeah. it's this entire community that needs religion and they need uh, booze and they need sex. They need all of this to feel like they are better than mm-hmm. everyone else. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the uh, our hero who at this point is a uh, a jester almost, yeah, right? Yeah. Like a like a clown. He he entertains them, and they, he's silly and wacky and doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they they beg for money after these performances. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But then as soon as they put a real bullet in the gun, mm-hmm. first time they pull the trigger, someone dies. Yeah. Well, a couple people survive. Oh, they do? Yeah. Right. But it's the kid. It's this little oh kid who God, runs yes. up and he's like, I want to do it. Kills himself. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, and then, you know, more stuff about like, here's a child being killed by a gun, you know, and it's like, you know, it's removed. It's from the 70s. It's not columbine or all these other school shootings but it's like but that shit's just so like Mm -hmm. relevant you know so it's just like seeing a kid get killed you know and it's like you know someone's gonna get it because once they have the real bullet in there it's like and then yeah the folly of their ways and whatever but then it's like oh man and then the thing about you know the the cave people Mm -hmm. like you know so el topo his whole thing is like he's this assassin or whatever and then he like hates himself for killing people um and he like gets killed himself kind of but then he like it's like a rebirth a rebirth and now he's like a pacifist and everything and that's where he's more the gesture the jester Mm -hmm. uh and then yeah he's like going to the town and doing all this work like uh you know gags and skits and stuff and he's like cleaning toilets and everything and He's trying to raise money to like get some dynamite to lengthen the the tunnel in the cave because El Topo means the mole. Mm. So he's like digging out those cave people. And that's like the whole second half of the movie, you know, is basically him doing that. And then finally he does it and they get out and then they're just massacred. You right. know, so it's like all this all work for, mm-hmm. you know, but man i I'm, I'm also curious if you felt the thread in this movie of like uh alejandro uh Yodorowsky, like not liking american westerns mm. like the the vibe of like trying to subvert the very idea of what a western is selling us yeah you know a yeah. lot of american westerns push this idea of we were meant to have this land in America manifest destiny right exactly like we this is this is our god given right uh many classic westerns from America also subvert that too like I'm not gonna act like all of them are that cut and dry yeah um but there is something to this movie I think about just what a wasteland the western landscape is Mm -hmm. and even our hero is a piece of shit (laughs) yeah and being a good person means you have to beg to people who are horrible. And like, oh, there's like the moment where the, 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 the black man who's a slave to oh, these white fuck. women, yeah, you know, these older white women Jesus who are Christ. like super, like they're super into him and they're turned on by him, but mm-hmm. they are, uh, I guess, uh, afraid and, uh, disgusted by their, uh, urges. So, okay. you, yeah, yeah. You know, there's that moment where they're like, he's like, uh, the women are like, come over here and like massage my feet. And then they mm-hmm. do it. He does it. And like, they're all like, oh, and then mm-hmm. like, eventually they get to the point where they like rape him. Yeah. And then he ends up dying. Yeah. Cause they're like, he's assaulting us or they're grabbing his hands, putting them on their breasts, mm-hmm. you know, like, man, so, that was another, there's was a another lot. whole part. That no, was like, oh. this is this is how it is you know that's like fucking just how racism works you know Mm -hmm. um awful 
yeah, like we're going to use you until, you know, until I, you know, I don't need you anymore. Mm -hmm. And Uh, then like blame you for mm -hmm. our actions and then you get the consequences of like getting killed. Yeah, it's uh, that scene is really heavy. And really, I think one of the stronger scenes in the movie in terms of conveying an idea in like just a really kind of it's satirical, but it's also like not you know like yeah. it, like there, there's clearly like a little bit of like humor and like mm-hmm. exaggerated like elements to it like all the women are just like really like hoo-hoo, hoo-hoo. yeah yeah and, like it's kind the, of funny it's like funny and weird and then it gets dark yeah so fast that mm-hmm. like the point that uh yodorowsky is trying to make is like really strong like it yeah. just it hits mm-hmm. um but I mean, similarly to like other moments of this movie, you think about like what that actor probably had to go through in mm-hmm. terms of making that scene. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much about this movie that like in order to convey it properly, you need to kind of go to a lot of those lengths. I mean, not to the point of, you know, assaulting anyone <laughs> yeah. or anything, but there is like a certain level of authenticity that this movie gives off mm. that is essential to it, like feeling that gross and nasty yeah, right yeah um He's but like it, one of the only black people in the movie exactly too, so think. it it makes a it's a narrative point for sure and yeah. and i don't know how exactly i don't know like how necessary it was to like conveying the overall idea of like the civilization that we see in the third act yeah yeah uh i feel like yeah it adds to their just them being awful the community yeah Yeah. um but i mean the movie's authentic it feels gross (laughs) it it makes me feel gross like like it's funny i don't remember the holy mountain making me feel like that uh yeah i think that one's so different um in terms of it just being a little more overtly surreal and druggy yeah uh maybe more like the audience is like going through the the transformation or whatever whereas this one's yeah you're like watching this one yeah it's detached kind of Mm -hmm. um and with that there comes a lot of scenes that are directed very well and conveyed very well but they have uh kind of a a deep dark kind of force behind them Mm -hmm. you know it's yeah grimy is like a good way mm -hmm. because yeah i want to be like gritty because it's like in the desert and like you're saying the rough edges but i think grime is is better because it's like yeah just you can feel the the blood you know so yeah. the real the real blood and stuff um to to go to you know you said like some of the intention or whatever uh, mm-hmm. and there's just like an incredible amount of symbolism mm-hmm. this movie's basically like based on the bible mm-hmm. um which i don't really know enough about to be like oh this part you know like hey i love that part (laughs) that's Um, my favorite part in the bible (laughs) yeah um but you know it was making me think of some of the other weird movies that we watched um and how you know like holy flame and um some other i can't remember some of the other ones but just it was making me think of like it feels like it's weird like all the weirdness is like, where is this coming from? You know, mm. how could you even track Yodorowsky's like interpretations to, you know, the part where like he kills one of the, one of the um, assassins or whatever, the four that he needs to kill in the desert in like the first half. 
you know, and he like takes off all his rings and puts them in his mouth. Yeah. You know, like, what is that? It's like, it feels like it's trying to just do anything and like be weird. But then at the same time, I feel like it has a lot of intention and Mm -hmm. it isn't just to be weird, you know, like with Lynch stuff, it makes me think of his movies too. Like you could watch them and just be like, oh, this is just weird because it makes no sense and do anything because it will make sense like to any viewer Mm-hmm. bunch of puzzle pieces that don't fit throw them on the ground put it together you know right. like that's that's what a weird movie is but it's like there's a lot more directness uh, and in the intention i think in all of these ones that we've been watching like it's not just weird for the sake of being weird mm-hmm. um but it is intentionally too like pushing the art of right. it you know the interpretation of christianity and all these symbols and Mm -hmm. you know like the characters and that stuff um and i find that really cool and um yeah like interesting even though it does feel like you're saying that the holy mountain is like um a clearer vision Mm -hmm. you know and like and then even more beyond into the weirdness than el topo yeah um well because the holy mountain has like this beautiful moment where someone gets shot and uh out of the bullet holes are these white birds Mm -hmm. that come out of the bullet holes of the body and Mm -hmm. fly away and it's like even that image for me Mm -hmm. like holds more weight in my brain than i think a lot of what this movie does yeah i feel you know there's no you can display symbols all you want at a certain point like i feel like i was getting so much in this movie that i wasn't quite like it was like okay here's just another thing you know i think the holy mountain feels more purposeful Mm -hmm. in how it lays everything out and the images are more striking immediately that doesn't mean this this still has plenty of really really wild stuff in it yeah i definitely like you know how you were saying this um this uh i don't know it's just like all these all this intent has to mean something right yeah uh mm-hmm. the it feels like there's so many random little bits and pieces that are flying at you while you're watching this movie but the overall narrative makes sense yeah and like watching it is a purpose you know it's easy to watch for me at least mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. you know if you're interested in art cinema trippy oh, cinema yeah. this is something to smoke to whatever mm-hmm. um but you know, like like we've been discussing, there's also a kind of a dangerous level of, uh, you know, director as God going on mm-hmm. here, which he says, I am God in the beginning, you it's, know, like it's, as El Topo. I mean, and he, we didn't but even then, talk about how he plays the main guy. That's it, right. You know, yeah. like, like this is his thing. He wrote it. He directed it. He stars in it. His son is his real son in the beginning, the mm. naked kid. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, there's like a lot that's crammed into this. In the, in the essay that I was reading, it was saying like how it's just, it's like he had so many ideas and instead of like paring any of them down, he just put them all in. Yeah. And, and I do feel like that because it's so packed, even though it feels, you know, you're in the desert. So you feel like deserted from everything, but then there's just like so much 
I kind of struggle to like remember some of it. Mm-hmm. Like I remember the scenes, but within the scene, it's like, oh, there's the, there are these the details, details yeah, in nuts. the background and like, and there's just so much, um, which is really cool. And I definitely felt my, my brow furrowing like the whole time. Cause I'm like, I'm like, all right, let's start interpreting, you know, live interpretations <laughs> as we're watching. Like, what does that mean? What does this mean? You know, mm-hmm. what's going to happen next? And then how does that tie in? And then at a certain point I was just like, I was like, this isn't so weird that it's like uninterpretable, you know, but I think I'm just like so on my toes about like, what does that mean? You know, like, ooh, let, let's see what happens here. Like, right. Um, that I'm just like, I'm trying to add it all up. And then I kind of at a certain point was just like, this isn't that weird. Mm-hmm. Like, it's weird. But like you're saying, the narrative is there. So like, I'm following what's happening. Um, it's just a matter of like being able to believe what you see, I guess, or seeing, sure. seeing something and being like, being like, whoa, that's weird, you know, and not like laughing at it right away. You yeah. Know? It, it fits a lot of art cinema in that it's ambiguous to the point where every single person is going to pull something different away from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're going to see a symbol that's going to really latch on to them and it's going to make sense to them. And like, that's going to contribute to the thematic weight of the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, to his credit, there are so many interesting moments in this movie that like that is why it succeeded, you know, and that's mm-hmm. why it's still kind of a hallmark of this, uh, you know, of this type of movie, yeah, I like guess. paving the way. Right. Um, I, I saw, will say I would oh, rather yeah. watch, a, if we're t- comparing it directly to Eraserhead, oh. I would probably rather watch Eraserhead any day of the week. Mm, um, and then even holy mountain more um yeah i was thinking you were gonna say you'd rather watch holy mountain than this i feel like i'd probably be with you on that it's a tough toss-up though between this and i guess Eraserhead is less problematic so it's a little easier to watch but that's still like but what about the baby it's like (laughs) yeah it's almost boring you know Eraserhead. yeah a little bit yeah it tests your patience i love it I love uh-huh. it, but it's like comparing this and El Topo, it's like they're so different. For sure. You know? Yeah. Um, Apples and oranges, yeah. But there's another quote I saw from Miodorowski, like, which is more recent within the last 10 years or something. I can't remember, but him talking about El Topo and saying that, like, at the time, it was like he was um, the father of the movie and regarded it as regarded himself as the father of the movie Mm. but then but now he regards it more as like his son and he just said like that's not me he's like i'm not ashamed of that movie aside controversy aside Mm -hmm. but it's like he's like that's not me anymore like i made that movie then and that was me and like i'm not that now yeah so like i'm sure he's like yeah i'm not ashamed of it but I'm like sure I'm proud uh, of what I did, but that's not like the he wouldn't make that movie again, you know. And I think that's interesting. And then just like the father son, and again the transformation, like mm. he's you know he's El Topo, and then he's and then he's not, or you know, I mean he's always El Topo, but it's like he's the badass guy in the beginning, and then he's the pacifist guy at the end, and then his son grows up to be the version of him, you know, like mm-hmm. or they kind of swap throughout. He's like this Franciscan monk, and then he becomes the badass, and then mm-hmm. and then 
his son has a kid and they ride off. So now it's like this cycle happening again. Um, and then kind of even bigger than that, the same kind of thing with like Yodorowsky himself in his relation to the film mm-hmm. to like, like nurturing it almost. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I bet a lot of directors feel that way about early films. Oh, totally. Like yeah. just like I made it when I made it and mm-hmm. that's how, you know, that's how it is. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Kubrick hated fear and desire, but I'm so glad that Kino released it so I can watch it. It's uh that's an interesting movie. I mean, I can see why he, the man of perfection didn't yeah. like it for a movie that, mm-hmm. you know, pretty sloppy, yeah. but that's okay for sure no it the the beginning of a master right um (laughs) but in terms of el topo yeah i feel like i'm giving it a hard time i'm not trying to i I like it no i think Um, it's yeah i think there are just there are things to talk about with it that it's hard that you know need to be mentioned but also like it's just a hard movie to talk about in general. It's a very, it's an experiential thing. Mm -hmm. You sit down and you, you watch it unfold and you know, you kind of, there are moments where you step back and you're taken with it and like, you're kind of shocked by what it's showing you. And then there are moments where you're kind of, you're, you're really in it, you know, like Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you felt the same way. I was kind of alternating between being detached and being immersed. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was part of my, like, my interpretation brain working you know where i'm like i'm just thinking so hard about how weird it is or how weird it's gonna be or like what does this weirdness mean now Mm -hmm. you know or and then thinking of it as like being made you know so yeah i was kind of cycling from just like just enjoying watching it to like enjoying analyzing it um yeah and then just being like no just let it just just look at it and For to sure. see the stuff you know yeah no that's it, what an uh, what a great pick Corey. um Thank you. i yeah, feel this like is a cool one we, we had a really good discussion here uh i feel like we talked about the movie but we all it also brought us to a lot of different ideas about yeah. uh spectatorship with midnight movies mm-hmm. uh talking about you know the portrayal of you know whether it's animals like what do we film what don't we film yeah. so much here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the subversion of the genre mm-hmm. no uh, we pushing we, the boundaries of cinema we covered a lot mm-hmm. um but i'm i since this is your pick i really want to hear would you give mm-hmm. this another look for sure yeah I, i'd i'd watch it again definitely <laughs> um yeah totally like i would like to own it i think along mm-hmm. with or you know the set that comes with fando Lee, his first movie uh holy mountain or, you know, then and El Topo and then the Holy Mountain was after that. Um, I want to see some of his other movies. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I love the weird shit. Yeah. Um, and I like Westerns and stuff. I um, feel like you wanting to own this is a pretty solid seal of approval. For sure. There's yeah. like there's some movies I think like I own, you know, like Citizen Kane, for example. It's like it's a masterpiece. It's great. I don't want to watch it all the time, but like I want to own it out of respect (laughs) yeah Yeah, um, that movie slaps it's so good (laughs) Um, but yeah maybe maybe a cautious extra look another look or whatever for some people out there yeah you know but um i mean our if our listeners have made it this far they know you know what we've discussed is in the movie and mm -hmm. to tread lightly but also 
you know, recognize that it's part of the movie and it's something to mm-hmm. examine in addition to everything else. So and just like its connection to history of movies and mm-hmm. stuff, I think is pretty pretty big. Yeah, and, super um, important. And yeah, check it out. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Let's watch it again. Let's watch it right now. <laughs> For me, I it's probably like a once every to, 10, yeah. 15 years sort of thing. Whoa, okay, yeah. I'd probably watch it sooner, maybe five years. And the first time I watched this was in 2016, so it hasn't quite been 10 years. Yeah. Um, but I will say I don't think if you hadn't shown this, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have put it on anytime soon. Yeah, and I wasn't really even thinking of watching it mm-hmm. um, until it like came up in a, a conversation outside of um, you know with a, another buddy of mine, and then we were trying to think of like some westerns to watch and some stuff to like get some inspiration from mm-hmm. and and then he brought up el topo and i was like i haven't seen that that would be cool let's check it out yeah and then and then it just uh it was time hell yeah no it was it was a really good choice i would absolutely recommend it um like you said with a degree of caution in understanding what's going on with it mm-hmm. uh understanding that it's a tough movie to watch in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um but it also it kind of gave birth to uh, a new type of movie yeah um i don't know i don't know exactly what type of movie that is you know because mm-hmm. you had like re-releases of fantasia and 2001 doing major numbers for like counterculture yeah. uh people going and taking tabs of acid yeah. and sitting down <laughs> and watching those yeah. but like this is a movie that feels very much it's not like, you know, you can take a five-year-old to see 2001 or, sure. you know, or Fantasia. But mm-hmm. here it's like this is made for the crowd that is like, you know, before they're going to see something and they're like trying to make it their own, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they want to reclaim it as something that they can trip to. Mm-hmm. But here it feels very much built for them from the ground up. Yeah. Uh, which is important, mm-hmm. you know, and, and interesting to look at in the grand scheme of, you know, movies that you know you go to at midnight and you're stoned as fuck yeah <laughs> so um cory this was a great convo yeah. yeah yeah will this is awesome i remember right after the movie being like what are we gonna talk about you know, i was <laughs> we, like we always find something to talk yeah, about. yeah yeah i felt i was thinking like it's like we're just gonna describe the movie and all we're gonna all i'm gonna be saying is like man it's so weird you know <laughs> but i think we did a lot better than that yeah yeah, yeah. we you know, there's so much more in the movie than we even brought up. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're talking about a lot of like bigger issues, like mm-hmm. check out the movie and see the rest of it for yourself. Yeah, for sure. Well, Corey, as always, yeah. on here, handshake. I love it. <laughs> and uh, doing business with you as always. Yeah, you know, Listeners, you'll uh, hear us again on another look as season two continues. Got a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Mm -hmm. Uh, We thank you for the support and we'll see you on the flippity flip. See you next week. (laughs)